0: I think I recognize the costume. The
1: man of swings. The question remains just who on earth are you?
0: On earth I'm Lee. Linda Lee. Just leave this poor kid alone and worry about the other one that flies. Because nobody gets in my way. I mean, you can do the whole number leap tall buildings in a single bound and look right through things yes Bend steel bars yes enjoy your prison supergirl okay. ever and ever <laughs> All Kind presents the action-packed adventures of a dazzling new superhero,
2: starring Peter O'Toole. I must be sent to the Phantom Zone. Faye Dunaway, Mia Farrow.
0: Venus, when? Brenda Vaccaro, Mark McClure. That's Clark Kent's cousin. Hart Buckner. And introducing Helen Slater as Supergirl. Adventure Runs in the Family.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 143 of the Man of Screen Podcast. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and this episode is going to be a very special episode of the Man of Screen Podcast. It's going to be a little bit of a diversion. As later in the episode, I will be joined by, uh, by my friends, uh, Patrick Delmore and Dario Gonzalez, and we're going to discuss Supergirl from 1984. Yes, this is not an adventure of Superman, but it is considered canon within the Christopher Reeve uh, movies, probably chronologically set somewhere between Superman 3 and Superman 4, The Quest for Beasts. So after consideration, I decided it's my show, I can do what I want, and I decided to include it. Full disclosure, uh, Patrick and Dario were not my first choices for guests on this episode. I had initially reached out to uh, the ladies of Supergirl Radio, but the timing just wasn't right and uh, we were not able to uh, get together for that. I think it works out for the better because Morgan Glennon had, has not seen this film yet. I thought she had. But they're going to be doing an episode at some point, I think, over the holidays. And Morgan is going to see the movie for the first time. And it's only right that she reveal those initial thoughts on her own show and not on mine. So, I encourage all of you to listen to that when it comes out. As I'm sure, whatever Morgan's reaction to the movie is, she'll find a way to make it fun and humorous. So... Before I get into uh, the business at hand with uh, Dario and Patrick, I have feedback to address, as I always do. Feedback uh, is from Dave McElven, as it always is. Dave is writing in on Man Screen, episode 132. And Dave writes, Greetings, Mike. In The Evil from Krypton, it's always good to see Superman battle an escape Phantom Zone criminal, even if Psy is not a name I recall from the comic. I agree with your understanding of Ritz on Radiation on Superman. He should be like an ordinary Kryptonian back on Krypton, without superpowers, but no weaker than an ordinary human on Earth. Maybe the experience of losing the superpowers that have been a part of him throughout most of his life had the psychological effect of making him feel puny, like an ordinary Earth human compared to his normal super self. In Creature from the Dump, part of me feels sorry for Batman having to work with the Wonder Twins and Gleek, but part of me admires his patience in telling them at the beginning of the adventure to just stay behind before they mess things up, as they often do. Although, to be fair, they did end up rescuing Batman. In Aircraft Terror... We have more Batman and the Wonder Twins action in Metropolis without any involvement from Superman, and the less said about this, the better. The title, Lava Men, made me think of the earlier episodes in which the Super Friends travel below the surface of the Earth to face a threat from people or creatures from the subterranean world, and that's pretty much what we have here. Pretty derivative and uninteresting, I think. In Bizarro World, what an odd spelling. The uh, episode, for some reason, was spelled B A Z A R O W R. W-U-R-L-D. know, I guess kind of how a bizarro would spell it. Normally it's just bizarro world. B-I-Z-A-R-R-O world. W-O-R-L-D. But um, not here. And we, we get both Superman and a classic Superman antagonist, which is good. With Black Vulcan along for the ride. But even using bizarro logic, the plot makes very little sense. If the Warlord Amulet has Samurai and Batman and Robin facing an ancient Japanese warlord in Japan, I must wonder again why in The Aircraft Terror... There's no sign of Superman in Metropolis. I call foul, although I know that's not going to have any effect on a 38-year-old episode. It just irks me. Now, ah, well. No doubt, this series of Super Friends will finish strong. Live long and prosper. Dave. Yeah, Dave, I'm sure that season of Super Friends finished strong. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Finishing strong is not something the Super Friends seem to do well. I think they front load all their good episodes and then kind of just get stuck with the crap at the end. As far as Dave's letter, I have no real comments, although one thing I want to Dave writes that he wonders that the red sun energy has the psychological effect of making Superman feel puny. Like an Earth human compared to his normal self. While, by definition, yeah, puny kind of works as a normal human when compared to Superman. But I don't know if Superman would consider ordinary Earth humans to be puny. It just doesn't seem in his character. So I wonder if it would really have that effect. And, yeah, the less said about the rest of these episodes, the better. I had the same complaint about the aircraft terror. So, thank you, Dave, for writing in. I do have additional feedback that I'd like to address before moving on. I have another email here from Steve J. Rogers. And it's not really about any uh, specific... Episode His subject is Superpowers Toys, which I talked a little bit about in my first episode of the Legendary Superpowers Show. So, Steve writes Hey Mike, since you are rapidly approaching the season literally called Superpowers, might as well give a rundown of the classic Kenner line. I also promised to look at the DC arm of mego world's greatest superhero, so I expect that hopefully before the start of the Ruby Spear Superboy era. Series 1 was released in 1984 and featured all the big names Batman, Robin, Obviously, Dick Grayson, Superman, Aquaman, Green Lantern, Flash, obviously, Hal and Barry, Hawkman, and Wonder Woman. Side note, we're seeing Hawkman in The Magnificent Seven, as well as the villains Lex Luthor, Brainiac, and, strangely, due to their never being s- seen on the show, Joker, and Penguin. This was a series that included the Hall of Justice playset, as well as the iconic Batmobile, the Lexor 7, and the Supermobile. Series two released in 1985, featured the apocalypse trio of Darkseid, Kalabak and Desaad, as well as Steppenwolf, Mantis, and a Parademon. The Parademon, I presume, was for army building purposes. The rest of the series included Green Arrow, who famously will be reproduced as for the Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie figures a few years later, and Firestorm. Red Tornado, Dr. Fate, and Marsha Manhunter, yeah... For, yay for the seventh member of the original J.L. Magnificent Seven. And finally, the Clark Kent mailaway figure rounded it out. Apocalypse was featured in the vehicles with the Dark Side Destroyer, looks like a Lexor 7 with two side seats on the wing for the side of Kaleback, and the Kaleback Boulder Bomb ground vehicle, as well as the Delta Probe One flight vehicle featuring Robin on the box art. Finally, 1986 was the last of the original run. I'm not going to go through various nostalgic releases through the years, either in the figure style or packaging, that have been produced either for the Super Friends including both versions of the Wonder Twins and the Annoying Pet, or Superpowers brand, Cyborg, amazingly before Nightwing, Kid Flash, though he's an Amigo Titan set, Wonder Girl, another Amigo figure, Beast Boy, Raven, and Starfire for the relaunched Titans of the 1980s, Mr. Miracle, Orion, and Shazam, as well as the villains Tyre and Mr. Freeze. These non-comics characters were added to round out the series. Samurai was the only character created for the cartoon to make it to the action figure line, and two characters created specifically for the line, Golden Pharaoh and Cyclotron, and... As a side note, there is a DC character called Cyclotron who was a one-off character in the 1940s, then brought back by Roy Thomas in the 1980s, but this isn't the same with the action figure. Also, I'm going to put this note in. The uh, Lex Luthor's device in uh, Man vs. Superman was referred to as a Cyclotron. There's neither here nor there, which that is what it is. Now back to Steve. Vehicles included uh, the Batcopter Copter and the Justice Jogger an all-terrain trapper featuring Superman on the packaging and an unproduced dark side themed playset called Tower of Darkness, no doubt inspired by Castle Grayskull, but it makes me sad no Legion of Doom headquarters playset was ever produced. Wrapping up the line for the figures, vehicles, and playsets are the International Riddler figure, an Argentinian repaint of Green Lantern, and creations by Columbia's Gulliver Toys, El Captain Rayo, and Abominable Snowman. Interestingly, I found a section on the wiki page for future series and even lines that were in the works, but obviously never produced by Kenners. Here is the link, and I will include that in the show notes. Just scroll down to unproduced figures. Not going to go through them all, but notables include El Dorado and Black Vulcan, Superman variants, Clark Kent in the regular line, also a Power Plus line, no indication in the article on what that was, would have included the Wonder Twins, which... I'm shocked that neither version of the trio was ever made until DC Direct Super Friends lines in the 2000s. I mean, I probably shouldn't be, but I mean, if you gotta make Peg Warmer, why not want Wonder Dog and Gleek? Anyway, hope that was a nice, informative email, and again, I hope to get that email on the Mego line-out before you close out the 1970s and 80s era of The Man of Steel. Whew! Well, thank you, Steve, for writing that in. I really, uh, you know, don't have anything to add. That is a very, uh, complete rundown of, uh, the toys. Obviously, that is, uh, Huge interest in Steve. Steve is knowledgeable on a lot of things. So, uh, you know, with that being said, I'm going to, uh, take a quick break, play a couple of promos, and when I come back, I'll be joined by Patrick and Dario, and we're going to discuss Supergirl. Hang around, folks. If you rebuild it,
3: they will come. They burned it down. If you rebuild it, they will come.
1: You didn't hear them? Beg your pardon? The voices? Pete.
2: They blew it up.
3: If you rebuild it, they will come. They demolished it. If you rebuild it, it they will come. But horror has a permanent address.
0: Welcome to my home. Oh, the House of Frankenstein lives. You see, uh, we began a project a few years ago, but unfortunately it was it was interrupted, and we're most anxious to. It up again.
2: In September and October, the Fire and Water Podcast Network presents a Supermates tradition, covering four classic horror films and four related comic book adventures.
3: I must find more victims before my work
2: is done. You need look no further, vampirus. We'll take the Bat Jet to the Hall of Justice. And transform the other super friends. (laughs) Featuring an all-star cast. James Spader. Are
0: you crazy?
3: Jack Nicholson. Oh,
0: just marking my territory.
3: Anthony Hopkins. She lives beyond the grace of God, a wanderer in the outer darkness. Lon
0: Chaney Jr. One becomes accustomed to the darkness here.
3: Michelle Pfeiffer. You're
1: afraid that when it gets dark, you'll attack me.
0: Vincent Price. Let's, uh what the rest of this mausoleum looks like.
1: Gary Oldman.
0: It's really of your own will and leave some of the happiness you bring. Winona Ryder.
3: I almost feel pity for anything so hunted as this Count. Peter Cushing.
0: I am a doctor of medicine, law, and physics. To the best of my knowledge, doctorates are not awarded for witchcraft, but if ever
2: they are, no doubt I shall qualify for one. And Keanu Reeves. Doctor! This Halloween, visit our Field of Screams at the scenic House of Frankenstein, where terror is only a listen away.
0: The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The year is 1994, or
2: 1944, or maybe 2994? Time is under threat, and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis, and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at FireAndWaterPodcast.com or on iTunes. Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember Legion.
1: So, all right, welcome back, folks. So, uh, like I mentioned before, this week we'll be discussing the 1984 uh, Supergirl film, which I had debated for a while whether or not I was going to actually cover this movie, as Superman is not in it—at least, not exactly.
3: No, oh, there's a poster. There is, yep. there
1: is a poster. <laughs> but uh, I decided since technically this movie is canon in the Christopher Reeve uh, universe, may as, well, uh, may as well give it a cover, you know? So joining uh, with me, I have uh, some of my old cohorts. I have Dario Gonzalez to my left.
3: Thank you. Hey, fellas. Have a squirt. Come on. Once you get used to it, I think it's delicious.
1: <laughs> and uh, I have Patrick Delmore to my right.
2: Um, I don't remember any quotes from
1: this movie <laughs> at all. I had the tattoo that one on my arm. So. Yeah. Hannah Squirt is the only one that's really yeah. memorable. Yeah. yeah. Well, there is
3: also, of course, uh, G, what is it? A G Dorm says no to Selena, which was my, which was, um, which uh, Lucy had on a sign. Yeah,
1: that's right. Apparently, uh, G Dorm is the only one saying no. Everybody else is just fine with it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so, so here we go. They're so, like,
2: finally, a woman in charge.
1: Ah. Hey. Okay. Here we here, here, here we go, guys. Uh, three middle-aged men talking about Supergirl. Here we go.
2: Yeah, just like the guys that run the uh, school that she goes to.
1: <laughs> well, he I think he's a little bit more than middle-aged. All right, so before we uh, get into uh, the film, because as you can see, we're putting that off a little bit.
3: Yeah, definitely. Hey, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Hang on. <laughs> you
1: know, already, <laughs> huh? You know, you should have uh, emptied your bladder before uh, we started recording, you know.
3: No, I have girded my loins.
1: And you just, just 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 get a cup and keep it next to you in case you need it.
3: I do. I'm ready for my squirt. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's uh, start. Uh, we, we wanted to talk about what our origins uh, with the character are, since uh, apparently Dario was lit up right here in front of me. Uh, Dario, why don't you go first? What's your origin with uh, Supergirl? Well, you know, I really
3: don't. I mean, of course, I always knew, you know, there was a Supergirl. And I remember as a kid going to the 7 Eleven and looking at the Spinner Rack, and the only Superman family book I was ever interested in was was Superman I mean I didn't I didn't get you know Jimmy Olsen or I didn't buy Supergirl or Lois Lane or any of the other books that came out. I just was interested in Superman and I don't know if it was because you know I thought it was a girl's book or or it just didn't interest me and and it, it it never really did as I got more into comic books you know later on I started to um you know to learn a little bit more about, I mean, there, when, when you think that Superman is the last son of Krypton, he's really not, man. Nope. I mean, that's just bullshit. And, and you just start seeing that there's just so much more. And you learn about her, and I think it was probably, I had never seen this movie I mean, I thought that I had seen it because it was on HBO heavy rotation, and I expected that all those Supergirl memories of seeing it when I was a kid were going to flow back to me. But the only thing that I can remember was uh, seeing Jimmy Olsen in it, but nothing came back to me. So I really don't have much of a Supergirl backstory. I enjoy the uh, the TV show
2: that's on now, but that's about it. All right, uh, Pat. Well, I just remember, you know, she existed and Wonder Woman existed. And in my mind, it was like, well, that's for girls. Yeah, exactly. So I don't I don't I don't need to worry about any of the the details of that at all um mike you're of the same age with me do you remember they put out a supergirl meets the crashed test dummies comic that was like free for like auto safety and it was like 1988 89
1: yeah they were doing they were doing a bunch of that around that time dc comics was i don't remember that one per se but i did have uh superman meets the quick bunny i, I ha- from the energizer what was that from the en- from the energizer batteries no uh oh, the nest oh, the then the quick, quick, quick uh mascot yes 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 okay. i had that okay. i didn't have the supergirl meets the crash test dummies but i had uh
2: but she was the um you know, so, which i now know i didn't at the time they used the the cara danvers supergirl for it even though it was like way past crisis on infinite earth right. she had the uh the blue blouse with the little like supergirl button in it instead of the full chest plate thing so i flipped through that then i got the greatest superman stories ever told which had her origin story in it and i was like oh she's superman's cousin right and again i'm you know younger than 10 at this time i'm like that's kind of interesting but i didn't know anywhere else to find supergirl stuff until the death of superman And that wasn't that character. Right. Um, The movie, I again, I knew it existed, but it was for girls. So I didn't bother to rent it or anything. And then, you know, by the time, you know, I heard word of mouth about it, it was like nobody said it was any good. It was not worth watching from anybody's mouth. Really enjoy Melissa Benoist as the character, though. And I like that Helen Slater is so folded into, you know, ever after. To all sorts of Superman projects.
1: Right. Well, yeah. be, for better or for worse, because of this movie. Yeah. I mean, what was interesting to me about
3: this, and a comparison to Superman and Supergirl, they they decided to cast relative unknowns for both of the movies at the time. Well, th- you th- know, this
1: was kind of the well that was Christopher Richard Donner's wasn't... philosophy to cast the unknown. So they kind of tried to copy that here.
3: Yeah. I mean, I read that Brooke Shields was in the running for
2: this. That would have been awful. Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> But
1: yeah, I, I knew it
3: existed, but I'd never, I've never seen it. I kept wanting to have that Superman three moment that was like, you know, this really isn't as bad as people say. I, I guess I'm glad it's out there, but man, it was a tough, a tough watch
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no you don't have that moment in the, in this movie that we had in superman 3 well you know uh, but but before we get too deep into that my supergirl origin is for better or for worse this movie this was probably the <laughs> first time i encountered her i didn't watch this movie uh a ton as a kid we it, we had it recorded off hbo but you know if i decided i was gonna be you know if i was a kid i said i was gonna watch superman movies that day i didn't go from superman 3 to supergirl that just didn't happen so uh so I knew the character. I knew that she was Superman's cousin. Didn't really start collecting and reading the comics on a regular basis until the early 90s, 1990, 1991. So by the the Supergirl that was in the comics at that time was not this character anymore. It was the Matrix Supergirl. Uh,
3: you Supergirl, correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, but she's kind of a tough character to follow in the comic books. I mean, there it seems to be that there's there are quite a lot of different versions of Supergirl and they reinvent her I guess every every few every few years Mike I, I know that and Patrick you guys probably know a lot more about her origin story how close did this movie come to her origin. Uh, I mean, Argo City uh, was, was they, they domed it and it was floating around on an asteroid and I guess not in a different dimension like this, like the movie uh, it starts
1: was Close ish. You know, uh, Krypton, Argo City wasn't a colony of Kryptonian space hippies <laughs> like, they, yeah. like they are in this movie.
3: <laughs> yeah. The good part about it is you can actually see a Kryptonian shopping mall yeah.
1: at the yeah. uh, <laughs>
3: And, 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 you know, Peter O'Toole's Altar bought his sweater, I guess, at merry go or King, <laughs> because that's that's what, it, it what
1: surprised and me. And apparently is, all the material to make shoes were yeah. destroyed when Krypton exploded.
3: Yeah, and the, but the tie-dyes were not. Oh. Uh, you know, it, it, it has, you know, a couple of pretty, you know, good-name actors in, you know, Faye Dunaway and Peter O'Toole for – so and Mia Farrow, who got top billing in this, but was only in it for just the briefest little little seconds. I mean, it was this was this movie the you know the franchise that, that just crushed the Superman uh, money making this that the of thought they were gonna... Were they milking? Was this a final-ditch effort by their part no, to, No, uh, this
1: was the start of kind of squeezing the orange a little bit. This is the part where, all right, we've squeezed all the money that we could out of Superman. And now that Superman had run its course, Superman 3 had failed at the box office. So, Christopher... Now, I don't remember how big a failure was, was
3: Superman 3. Did it fail to make at least some of its money back? Because I know this... This was just the, dismal. This bombed.
1: Uh, Superman yeah. 3 it didn't double it didn't double its budget which is it didn't bomb like this yeah superman 3 made about 35 million on a budget of 50 ish this th- this made 14 on a budget of 35 wow it sunk like the omega hedron did
3: <laughs> yeah what is the the omega hedron i mean it's uh, I, I i don't even know where to start i mean
1: ba- the fact that basically was, they made it sound like Zoltar just stole the dilithium crystal
3: yeah why would he do that why would he why would he fuck with that? i mean it, it, it I thought that at first that he had maybe kicked it under Supergirl's foot. I saw look like it got trapped under her foot or something. I, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, uh, it, it was just – who is this David Ordell that, that –
2: that wrote this and my god it's just... he'd read some phantom zone comics for sure because yeah. that's exactly the yeah. kind of thing people did to go to the phantom zone with doing something that they thought would be fun and then somebody gets hurt and then they're in the phantom zone forever yeah he was he pretty much uh he pretty much knew right
3: away that he was screwed like oops maybe i shouldn't have been playing with that yeah. you know
1: and uh, yeah and one one thing uh, as far as uh, her origin goes is that in the comics, her father Zorrell is the one that uh, that saves uh, Argo City, that domes it up, and uh, they were all dying from kryptonite poisoning. So he kind of led line the asteroid. That was all. That's all supposed to be Zorrel and uh, not this uh, guy Zoltar, who they just kind of made up out of uh, at, out of thin air.
3: Z- yeah, Zoltar was the person that saved the day, but but. Uh...
1: And then, and then I guess he retired, became an artist, and a and, and a dreamer, I guess.
3: I mean, the the plot. Uh, how do we even begin to 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 discuss this? I mean, Supergirl goes after the uh, what was it called, the uh, Omega Hedron or? And you know she just jumped, which is very it's it's very noble of her to jump into the ship because basically she's fucking making a dragonfly and what you know what it only had one
1: dragonflies. How come they can't make shoes?
3: No shit. (laughs) But really just dragonfly was missing an antenna, and for some reason that really. I, I guess it's my OCD. I, I was like, come on, man. You couldn't stick a Q-tip or something there to make this dragonfly? Uh, and and then, you know, she, she jumps in her little orb, and, and this uh, other dimension, I mean, she goes after this power source, and, and she can just get to Earth and comes out of the water in her Supergirl costume. And,
1: uh, apparently and, apparently there's, a, there's a clothing replicator in uh, – in her little uh, binary ship, there uh, that.
3: Uh, well, I understand that that the uh, this was a British release. It was released in uh, Britain before it came to the United States. And
1: well, what happened was for for those of you who don't know, and maybe for those of you who don't want to know, <laughs> this movie was uh, produced by Warner Brothers, and apparently somewhere along the line. It, after Superman 3 uh, was a critical and commercial disappointment, they decided, nah, we're not releasing this. <laughs> so they, sh- the, uh, the Salkinds uh, financed the film, and Warner Brothers was uh, owned the distribution rights of the film. After the entire film was shot, edited, and overseen under the supervision of Warner Brothers, and uh, Warner's only had a July 1984 slot open for the movie, but the producers insisted on opening it during the holiday season. So basically, Warner Brothers just said, screw it. We're, we're relinquishing distribution rights. And so the kind's of got to shop it around uh, somewhere else. Could you imagine a film studio doing that now? Uh, just kind of no. disavowing a film and letting somebody else run with it? <laughs> that
2: might happen to New Mutants. Yeah, well, hey, you're right, did not
1: it? Yeah, Disney still... could just release that to fucking Hulu at this point. Yeah. Does anybody even care?
2: I like Anya Taylor Joy. I'll, I'll watch her play magic in the movie. She's fun.
1: <laughs> so that's what happened with this. Even Warner Brothers didn't want to uh, to release this movie. But what I don't understand, I'm, I can't really wrap my head around the timeline for this movie because everything I've read indicates that this was made after Superman Three was released.
3: Yes, I read that too. That it was already made and which, in the which,
1: which seems like a really fast turnaround.
3: I well, it what's interesting is you only hear superman being mentioned on a car radio that he's off in you know space on a uh, mission of peace or something yeah
2: trillions of light years away we reports that superman has indeed embarked on a
0: special peace-seeking mission to a galaxy scientists estimate maybe
2: several away. Yeah. yeah so nobody could get there from except superman
1: pretty much yeah. right and, so he's um uh, he's out of long distance range
3: I mean, and, and of course, uh, Kara knows that Superman, that Clark Kent is Superman, and he's, you know, on Earth, and it, I, it's well. I don't.
1: Story, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Silver Age comics. Well, from what I understand, she she took off as a, at the same. Now maybe
3: you can make, do me a quick rundown. Didn't she just take longer to get to Earth than than Superman did?
1: Okay. Or okay, this is something that's different now than than then. Okay. When in the Silver Age, when she was created, Supergirl was Kara Zor El was born on Argo City. After the destruction of Krypton, which is why she's so much younger. Okay. It wasn't until Jeff Lowry introduced her in like whenever it was 2002 to, to, to in the early aughts when she was reintroduced to the comics that they introduced this uh, concept of that she was older than him and in suspended animation. So. so in the early Silver Age, she was born after the destruction of Krypton and was actually younger than so. And apparently, on Argos City, they they had some magic telescope that they could watch yeah, that they, everything that Superman was doing. So
3: they're a bunch of voyeurs, basically. And and, <laughs> and, and uh, this is the type of movie where it's probably just easier to talk about what is awful than what is great but i had no problem with the special effects i thought the flying was good uh from what i understand the opening shot of i guess it was the the flying ballerina uh when she first popped out of the water and realizes she could fly and she can use her heat vision to make a flower open a lot of that wasn't released originally in the u.s version but it was okay i saw that (laughs) But uh, you know the, the flying, and I ha- I didn't have any problem with the special effects. Well,
1: most of that was well, done by the same people. Yeah, that did the other Superman and, movies, and this London studio, you Cri- know. Christopher what? Reeve. We've talked a lot about how Christopher Reeve had a background in. Christopher Reeve was a pilot, so he had a background in aviation and knew how he should move and whatnot. And you could see it in her in her flight. Helen Helen Slater had a dance background. Yeah. So you could definitely see that in the, how, how she flies. See, the way I tend to make the comparison is, when Christopher Reeve flies as Superman, it's power. He's cutting across the sky like a knife. She, she flies in a much more elegant and graceful way.
3: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. it and, and I guess because she's a super... She had a super telescope voyeur. She knew that her what her powers were going to be should she ever decide to go to Earth. Cuz
1: right, cuz she, she, she knew he went there and she knew he went to Earth and apparently Zoltar was planning a was planning a, a field trip to Earth one day. I don't know. What was did he need to did he need to go uh-huh. buy some some bread or go to the movies or something? Yeah.
3: Patrick, how do you feel about the special effects in this? Were you okay with with that for the most part? I was, and the and the set designs
2: looked like they spent money on it. The carnival ride house and
3: yeah, which definitely was probably later reused in the Scooby Doo movie uh, because <laughs> it looked like any ama- abandoned amusement park that, that uh, it
1: did. It was very Scooby Doo.
3: Your Old Man Crothers would have lived in and it, have <laughs> yeah. with it if it wasn't for this rotten kids.
2: Uh, the the mountaintop battle was was better than a lot better than it could have been even with the you know animatronic monster you know hidden in smoke but the smoke made it so it didn't look as stupid as it could have oh i i did love the
3: oh omega hedron's little dragon case with the metal dragon boobs that kept getting bigger it had whatever the public <laughs> has you have to get stronger and that get, was great yeah it gets bigger the boobs just get bigger and then we had metal nipples we had we had all kinds of stuff going on here uh but it it was just i don't i really i i think i i liked helen slater a lot let's talk about helen slater for a few minutes yeah other than the fact that i think that they that they just gave her i think what they were going for that childlike wonder which which got old a little bit quick it was like you know watching a five-year-old uh experience everything but but
1: yeah well that makes sense cuz ev- she has never never been outside before. <laughs>
3: yeah, she's always been in the mall, right. you know.
1: So er- everything is kind of uh w- wondrous to her.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all new, but I don't know. I just uh, I it got old to me after a while, but you're right that she definitely had everything was new to her.
1: Uh but the only but on the flip side what happens is that when she has to be tough, it se- it it yeah. seems off.
3: Yeah, you're right.
1: Like, like like at the end when she stand the tough to Selena, I just don't buy it.
3: <laughs> no, uh, I years ago I was at the Big Apple Con over here in New York, and this is back when you could still see celebrities before they had them walled up, right? And you had to pay. And and uh, she was there, you know. And my friend Lee, who goes to all of these things with me, said, hey, "Oh my God, you know who that is over there?" And I said, "No, I don't know. Who that is. That's Alan Slater." I said, well, why don't you go talk to her? No, no, I can't. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. I can't. And she was all by herself, you know, yep. sitting at the at a little table, and 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 I felt bad. I but I, it was. It's later on that that she um you know that she got work uh, because of being Supergirl in I guess Smallville. Smallville is
1: what started it.
3: Yeah, and um and so I just felt bad for it, Patrick. Well, what's your what's your thoughts
2: on um? I don't uh, think she didn't come off fake to me. I felt like, um, Brooke Shields would have Brooke Shields would have been a, you know, Supergirl is an idiot, but looks hot. Kind of a thing. Right. She came off, she came off confident. I love that they had her, you know, fight Matt Frewer was her first real fight. That was great. You know,
1: I, I, you know, I had seen this movie a few times. I, I remembered the scene with the truckers, but I didn't remember the actors. So when i was sitting here watching this the other night, I'm like, Oh crap, Matt Frewer's in this movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Um, this whole, like this, could have been a a great pilot for a show about her living in the dorm with Lucy Lane and sneaking out past you know the fuddy-duddy professor and having Supergirl type adventures, which which was oh. kind of what the first season of the Superboy TV show was like.
3: Yeah, uh, you're right. That would have been
2: it. Would have been they a great idea for me. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it would have been a great idea. I love the drunken Mrs. Garrett.
0: Where have you been? Outside. Look at those clothes. Well, I'll go change. I, I'm sorry. I'm and sorry. you'll put on your proper school uniform and get out of that ridiculous costume. Yes, ma'am. And cover your legs. Yes, ma'am. Don't you, yes, ma'am? Me? No,
3: ma'am. Yes. Yeah. She <laughs> She's, you know, she has her, her bottle of her bottle there, and and she uh, and she just swings it. You know, they. From what I understand, I guess. They they wanted Super, uh, Christopher Reeves to make an appearance in this, but he he wouldn't do it. Am I am I correct uh, in that?
1: He Would was com- act- he was committed. He he backed out because of a scheduling conflict. At least that's what oh. that's as the story says. I don't. Was it because of somewhere in time?
3: Yeah, I, I think it was somewhere in time. And I I remember somewhere in time. And I think I read something about that that it was done around the same time as as that movie and but would that have saved I mean
2: wasn't it directed by the same director it was it was was. yeah
1: hey everybody Mike here Uh, I just want to correct the record whatever scheduling conflict that Christopher Reeve had that did not allow him to appear in Supergirl was not somewhere in time that came out in 1980 Supergirl came out in 1984 back to the show yeah, the the director uh, whose name I can never say, yeah, Jeanneau's work. He uh, directed. Uh, he's mostly a TV director for the most part. You know, he's directed such uh, timeless classics as uh, Jaws Two.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> which was a competent sequel.
3: True,
1: true. And he did Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve. Uh,
3: but it was just. I mean, it was. It was the writing was just. Well, I looked at some of the, the writing um,
1: the writing was poor. Well I was wonder
3: there. if there's a novelization of this <laughs> hmm. absolutely it there has to be somewhere out there and what it would read like. But I
1: But I, I read... was interested in the Superman three one.
3: Oh no, I still haven't. <laughs> that was that was a crazy book. I I I know that that a lot of the I read some of the um online reviews of this and a lot of people were just like, it that, you know, Faye Dunaway was just over the top. But I mean and she's she Faye. Dunaway. What, what do you expect she looked like she really was into her character and you looked like a mommy dearest um you know a, she a witch and 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 they both and peter o'toole they didn't like his performance and they both got go, uh, golden raspberries for it you know but what do you expect when when you cast faye dunaway i i i didn't really have a uh, I mean, other than the writing, I mean, she, she's Faye Dunaway. You, you know what you're gonna. She dove. She gonna, dove
1: into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she did. I actually, I really liked the dynamic between her and uh, the character with Bianca. Yeah, I, really Bian- liked, I always well, liked that Bianca was trying to uh, remember. Yeah, we we got, you know, we gotta pay the bills. Bianca.
0: I have a surprise for you. They've turned off the hot water again. I'm really gonna have to kill somebody down at the DWP. I figured the only way that we're gonna pay our bills next month in this dump... ...is to just go ahead and do what I said, which is to start our own carving. No longer necessary. I was reading in this book, you know, The Witch's Guide to Heaven and Hell. And if you start your own coven, all you have to do is charge five bucks ahead, minimal admission. That's great. Chicken feed. Ah, that's better than goose egg. What's in the coffer of shadow there? Where's little Nigel? Nigel, my dear, Bianca, is history. Oh, yeah? How so? The water department is history. The car payments are history. The mortgage payments are history. How are the property taxes? History. The world is at last my oyster.
3: I know yes. I've got more of a like, would you two just kiss already? Just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> but it, it falls into the old, you know, every villain, I guess, has to have uh, a sidekick. A little you know, he a little uh a sidekick in uh in a movie, the same thing as Superman.
1: But I, I like that she really wasn't, you know, the bumbling sidekick. She was No I don't know I, if, mean, I don't know if I want to say she was a voice of reason, but she was a voice I, of pragmatism.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know uh, she was the straight it, man. And, well, and, and and what about that. Nigel? What about Nigel the warlock? I
2: mean what the Peter
1: what, Cook. Peter Cook was
2: Yeah. Mowage. What, what was What is us here today? Yeah, I mean,
3: what, what was his? And, he and the paycheck. now, when 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 she does, and she had amazing powers. She could change her hair behind a tree. You know, her color of her hair and her clothes, whatever. She had Spider Man's uh, symbiote suit that could change <laughs> to any any clothes you want. Now, when she changed into uh, the prep girl outfit. Was that like a little homage to different Supergirl outfits? Because I saw, I saw real quickly. It looked like there was a, a, a shorter skirt and a different outfit before it changed into the prep school outfit. Which, I, I, if, if I'm looking at it right, I think that was kind of a neat little.
1: I took that uh, that they were showing stages of her changing.
3: Yeah, yeah, real quickly, you know. Right,
1: you know, because she went behind one tree and she came out. With half the outfit, but her hair was was still blonde, and then she came out with the jacket and uh, all and a that.
3: Different she, style, a different style of, of Supergirl outfit.
1: There's either uh, she either has a clothes replicator in her cape, or there's some some <laughs> poor girl laying in the laying in the woods somewhere in her underwear. Right. <laughs> But, yeah. as, I mean, in the comics, I don't remember a ton of them. I haven't read a ton of Supergirl's yeah. comics. She lived in an orphanage in the for a while orf- and had... in the Midvale Orphanage. I don't know if that translated to her having a private school uniform. I don't remember. I,
2: I think she wore kind of a uniform there, and then she got adopted. But I think she went to public school after she was adopted. Right. Now,
3: I noticed the principal's name was Danvers, which, yep. yeah, isn't that... What she's called in
2: the
3: uh, yeah
1: the family the, that adopts yeah adopters. the family that adopts her is uh, I don't remember the mother's name but the f- father's name was Fred Danvers and that was the name that was the guy the headmaster's name he was Fred Danvers I don't think they said they I don't think they ever said his first name but
3: no they didn't they, they did, did
1: they just called him Mister Danvers I assumed he was Fred Danvers
3: he was Danvers
1: and and Mark McClure
3: as Jimmy Olson did get uh, a um, a shot in this movie. For, it is sad no. to say,
1: this is probably the most Mark McClure has had to do with Jimmy Olsen in all five of his appearances.
3: Yeah. Uh, it, you know, he was just there. I think that is about as, just just to almost, other than the poster, that was the only thing that that you can tie this to uh, to the
2: Superman well, movies. And
1: well, that and, Lucy, I could believe, that and Lucy Lane.
2: Yeah, I could believe she was uh, Margot Kidder's younger sister, for sure.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Jimmy Olsen, through, throughout the comics history, has had a relationship with Lucy, so... Yeah. It made, even, it if, made sense for Jimmy to be there. It, it did, and it Let's probably... It this way. It makes more sense for Jimmy to be here than it does for him to be in the Supergirl TV show.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, which he isn't going to be any longer, from what well, I understand. Well, because in four and a half seasons, they never did anything with him. No. No, they didn't. <clears throat> uh, I, I, I really like... I had I like the costume I, I like I like the way – I like her car co- I have no problem with the with the skirt I, I guess I have not watched this I have I'm gonna binge watch this season of Supergirl but from what I understand they're getting rid of the uh,
1: of the skirt uh, Is, well apparently that, it's cold in Vancouver
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem with the with the outfit I have I I just have problems with with the story uh, line and and the the uh, and the love interest, which is you, you're gonna, you had promised me the other day that you were going to tell me who, where I had seen this guy, and I did not look it up. You didn't? Ready? No, it, no, it, it's been bothering me for, for you
1: know, that since we is Ellis from Die Hard. Oh God. Okay. So he.
3: I gotcha. The
1: swarmy guy who who, who tries to negotiate with Hans Gruber.
3: Oh. All right. Okay. Yeah, he and who apparently after he gets love potion starts becoming a royal Shakespearean actor and everything that he
2: says. And he was a that was a pain. I never
1: understood why she's putting him under a love potion other than because uh, other than she apparently needs a man. But
2: yeah, yeah it, she's Faye away. Why does she need to put anybody under a love
3: potion? Right no, now? there was no there was no rhyme. No re- you thought there was because the little the little ball vibrated is that said, hey, this is going to be your guy. And and and, you know it just it just didn't make any
2: any 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 sense. And they should have hired whoever did the the segment at the beginning of uh, Superman 3 to do the whole him walking around and not looking at anybody forever bit.
1: <laughs> I mean, the the love struck Ethan stuff was just the hardest some of the hardest stuff to watch in this movie.
3: That and I and and for some reason when they first showed Lucy uh, uh, Lane, she was just like covered in mud. She had her she had the Punky Brewster baseball hat on backwards and she had mud all over her her uniform like she was a, a pig wrestler or
1: something. You know, and I was wasn't she in that softball game? I, I thought yeah, I thought she was Okay, uh, all right, you're sport. right.
3: That, that's what it was from that yeah. muddy softball game. Okay, I I needed a little bit of clarification on on that. Uh but yeah, I, I think the black hair also, you know, changed her looks. Yeah, they, didn't, it they her didn't look enough. They didn't give her a pair of glasses, you know, which which uh would have definitely been a little bit
2: okay.
1: Well in yeah. the uh well that's just the show aping every uh, Superman concept out there. But uh the comic the Silver Age comics didn't give her glasses either. No. No. Well she did have what the, I... she did have the black hair though. Yeah.
2: A magnetic, it was a magnetically attached to her head so
1: that it wouldn't <laughs> blow it off. Yeah. <laughs> and he did she have the horse? What was her pet? Comet the Super Horse. Uh, no, no. Yes. For the most part, it wasn't a Streaky the, the Super cat, but Streaky wasn't like the.
2: Yes, Streaky. And then the deal with Comet was Comet was a centaur that fell in love with Supergirl. And then turned into a horse. Oh, okay. so so Comet would be next to Supergirl, being like, "I wish that I had a human head again, so I could
1: kiss her." Maybe in a future sequel, Ethan would have turned into Comet. <laughs> <laughs> what what I think we have to we have to look at is that
3: this this was a big this was a, a superhero movie with a girl. The, I mean, this, this, was, I, this was something they were. First time. This is the first time
1: this was done, and the last time it was done for a long time. Yeah,
3: it was it was tough enough to, I guess, figure out. Let's try and bring a big budget Superman movie. I mean, how much have they did they have to think about? Let's put a girl movie. Do you think that they were that they were like trying to get uh, women audiences, or who were they who were they trying to pull? this
1: movie well they were definitely trying to pull in the uh they're trying to pull in super co- comics fans but I, the thing is you know who is reading comics in 1984 it's mostly what well dc comics at the very least marvel skewed a little older always has but i mean who, who was reading dc comics at that time like 10 to 15 year old boys up to 15 maybe uh, did it did it? I mean, we didn't get any
3: other movies with superhero heroine movies for. I mean, was there one that this did this like blacklist or make everyone scared to to put? Uh, when was the next superheroine uh, super person girl movie that came out after this? I I Captain, you know Captain Marvel. I, I don't
1: know. Is it Wonder Woman? Uh, A few years he, ago.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Wonder Woman,
1: that that might be. I, I, that's the first I, one that succeeded. Yeah. Well, there there were well there was stuff like Tank Girl with Laurie Petty. Mm-hmm. And well, it, there was nothing good. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
3: I mean, if anything, I have to give them props that
1: that Pam Anderson gonna... has barbed wire, that that's, yeah, that that's <laughs> the kind of comic book related stuff they were doing with women.
3: Yeah, I was waiting for someone to mention barbed wire, but but yeah, you know, it, at least they um. They did it, and and they gave a they 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 gave it a shot. They I tried. I, they they did they did try. I mean, was there could we had been talking about in our last movie review of Superman three the original uh, storyline could could they could she have pulled something like that off if they just if they if they would have had good writing I mean this this was just bad I mean it it's it's a shame because uh, she really never got any. Any work for a long time after after this, and and only you know her, she became popular again during like you had mentioned during Smallville, and and still you know doing I stuff. Don't Boy, know what <laughs> what so Billy Jean was the big movie? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's Billie Jean. And, and voice acting, she did something. What did she do? Yeah. What
1: did after the movie? I don't actually know. know about Helen Slater's career?
3: No, I, I looked it up, and there wasn't there wasn't much uh, to go on, but but it it had some great some great. Actors, then I mean, poor uh, Peter, you know, Peter O'Toole gets flushed down this gigantic toilet at the end of the movie, which is like just, just, just die already,
1: you know. <laughs> but uh, which is probably. How we felt after the movie, I don't know. Un- unless he's a Michael Caine type who's just says, "I'm gonna do this shitty movie for the paycheck."
2: Oh, he totally. He made a lot of bad movies like this. Oh, a lot of them. W- what did you guys think of the Phantom Zone representation? Well, they used the That's Phantom that. matte painting
3: zone, as I well, as you know.
1: everything is a matte painting and rear projection. Like one thing, you know, is we we could, we to- we uh, praised the special effects, but oh my god, when she's during that first flight, you can see the blue screen. Oh. You know, like like when all the bison had shadows and she didn't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but Steve Gerber and um, Gene Colan would use the version of the Phantom Zone that was in this movie. I mean, for how to escape from it, like climbing that mountain and having to get through that portal and the vortex behind them, that was taken right from Supergirl for their comic, which came out like a year or two later. Because previously, you couldn't you couldn't just walk out of the Phantom Zone like they did. No, but you know. Somebody saw that movie and was like, well, here we have Superman is the only one in the Phantom Zone. We got to get him out. We have 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 to to find some way to get him out. And they used it. they, They used the same method that Supergirl used, which was, you know, kind of a marathon of trials to get him through there.
1: And they used the, uh, they did use some stuff from the Superman movies. They used the uh, the pane of glass. Yes. And I I kind of wonder did did they retcon the, the original movies with the pane of glass here? Because this movie seems to indicate that the pane of glass is bringing them to the Phantom Zone.
3: Yeah, I, in the original movie, I thought that they were stuck in a pane of glass forever.
1: <laughs> does that mean they the
3: other villains never made it? They did very well. It, it, if you're going to look at it critically, I think you're going to have to say the other villains either. Never did they they weren't in there very long. Maybe maybe there was some type of space time continuum thing and they got blasted out before they made it to this shitty slime world or or. Or that's just a vessel to get them there. Yeah, you, you have to look at it like that. I, I can see where they were going at the, with this. Sort of, they, they they wanted to tie in all kinds of of classic stories. So with the with the mirror, I could see a little bit of Cinderella. I mean, not not, uh, not Cinderella. Um, Snow White, yeah. you know, with 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 the whole magic mirror, the evil witch. Uh, I, I I think that they were trying to to bring in a lot of that stuff in the writing of this but you know i mean basically she just has to get that that ball that power source back to to you know to save argo city which i thought didn't have any time left and it's and yeah,
1: well yeah that didn't make a lot of sense she's dilly dallying on a you know i'm sitting there watching this movie i think she's dilly-dallying with a secret identity and it's like she doesn't seem to have any sense of urgency to find this thing.
3: no i mean she's hanging out at popeyes which yeah was, <laughs> it's but it had some great product placement. We had A&W root beer. W
1: must have financed right. half this film.
3: I mean, yeah. If you can look at at Superman, had much better product placement. Nothing we, says the 80s like A&W. Oh. Yep. And I didn't even know Popeyes was a thing back then. I mean, Apparently it is. It, yeah, it really was. And and yeah, they had some great product placement. But not as good as the Superman movies,
1: you know. No, you don't have, have Ma Kent. You don't have Kenton in this movie waving the Cheerios box in front of the camera. No.
3: And Superman smoking marbles and, uh, or, and throw, drinking,
1: or throwing uh, the villains into a Coca-Cola billboard.
3: Yeah, exactly. So you know, definitely a step down from uh, from the the big budgets that they had in the first uh, in
2: Superman. Didn't uh, the Earth Mover crash into a Pepsi billboard in this though? Did it? Earth that- Mover. Or am I, I thinking of another, I of another the 80s BW, movie I uh,
3: watched. Uh, right, mm-hmm. I swear I saw a Pepsi built. Dol- yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. I that I guy can see that definitely a Pepsi billboard in there. Well, speaking uh, of the
1: Earth movie, what did we think of that scene? That that was cool. I had I had no
3: I had a uh, that that scene apparently took like 20 days to shoot
1: and probably half the budget. Yeah, yeah. It, was,
3: it was the the most uh, one of the the more expensive. Special effects, I guess, and it was all, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't, of course, there was no CGI, yeah. so they had to, they, they had to. Uh, that thing down the road. I mean, there had to be an easier way to grab the guy to get a goddamn. Well. well
1: <laughs> ha, did we also notice how long she stood there and watched the carnage before doing anything about it? <laughs> yeah. You,
3: you know what I did like? I did like the, the use, when she used her super hearing, you saw the Little Lions comic book like. That was great.
1: You that actually was, see that in Superman I, 3 as well. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't. remember seeing that. In, answer, this, man. in the scene where Lana is, uh, right when Ricky gets hurt, it was a long time before I actually noticed. And maybe it might have been, I might not have noticed it until I got the Blu-ray. But uh, when he hears the dog crying over Ricky, you can see the little sound waves coming out of his ear.
3: Yeah, and plus it, it had a great shower scene straight out of Porky's, you know. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you can just tell. They, they lifted, okay, we need to get these girls yeah, in the
1: shower. What, but, what yeah. was the, the point of that? I think. <laughs>
3: Come on, You had to get the girls in the shower. Well, yeah. But like, I, Dude, this, what was the point of half of this stuff? What was the point of, like, uh, 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 Peter O'Toole having a, a horse statue? In the Phantom Zone. I'm going to the Phantom Zone. What am I going to take? I, I, I thought he carved it while he was there. I, I guess he must have. He had to do they, something between squirts. He obviously needs some type of laser wand to carve shit, so what the hell is he going to – you know, he had to make it by 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 his hands. Who knows what the hell? And and I noticed he still had the uh, his, his wonderful sweater that looked like it came <laughs> out of the Cosby Show. Just to be stuck in the Phantom Zone wearing that
2: is just – Well, when in 1984? Oh, gosh. That pep billboard was not in Supergirl. It was in Two Fast, Two Furious, which I watched right after I watched Supergirl, oh, so they
3: blended. Okay. <laughs> it would have to be
2: like an A and painted. Yeah, A nah. <laughs> and
3: had
1: all the, had all the placement for this movie. A and W yep. and Papas.
3: Oh, but but yeah, it, 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 but there were you know a few.
1: They, they had a few classic moments. They had a, an
3: actual coconut bop on the head to uh to to. You know, get the guy's memory memory back. Yeah, should... and he's kind of an ass.
1: You know, he, well, he's a, he's a... He's threat. Don't make me get physical with you. You know, But <laughs> <With> no disrespect <laughs> to gardeners and landscapers, there is a certain personality type.
2: Yes, yes.
1: I, I just, oh God! But but. And he looks like go- he walked right out of a soap opera and into this movie. <sighs>
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, or, or the or the cover of a love novel. I mean, where where did the coconut come from? They were in the middle of what looked
1: like the. Ah, uh, it was it was Selena's magic.
3: Oh yeah, wizards magic. Yeah, she Sherlock. rained she
1: rained the coconut down, the, so he wouldn't look at her or or something. I don't know. She she was able to rain coconuts down, but she couldn't teleport them. Oh
3: God! It, but you know, and and he does get a he does you know he, he's so worried about about his his uh his girlfriend, you know he still make gives her a nice fat kiss right there before he figures out it's you. It's you. So it, it, I don't well, know guys. Didn't she give him the big fat kiss? Yeah, she did, but he didn't exactly pull away either. No. But and when she when she leaves him, she she doesn't even kiss him goodbye. She leaves the
1: poor guy blue ball there. You know, I was I was expecting some type of well, she goodbye. Can't, she can't because Jimmy and Lucy are there. Oh Because even though she's never planning to come back to Earth again, who doesn't even want anybody to know she was there. I couldn't figure out
2: why that was at all.
1: But you know what? I knew that at the end of the movie. So I did notice that she was taking great effort to not be seen. Because she she whipped up the uh the hay when she was in town. She, she yeah. changed back to Linda before taking Ethan out of the uh the earth mover.
2: When she does that initial flyover when Peter Cook sees her from, you know, a distance, wouldn't you assume it was Superman? The, at the, first the movie not... doesn't
1: necessarily say that he thought it was a girl. That's but right. yeah, if if I were in that position, yeah, if I see her fly over like that, and not we don't know that there was a Supergirl. Yeah, I would have thought that was Superman. I mean, he's well. They go
3: they go through great lengths to not even to not even mention Superman, other than other well, than the
1: the uh, the, uh, the male chauvinist truck drivers knew who Superman was. Yeah, they did, and uh, everybody but Selena and uh, Bianca knew who Superman because Ethan knew <laughs> about Superman. Apparently, they don't get the Daily Planet in this amusement park <laughs> because uh, because everyone everyone else knew about Superman because. I'm going to figure – I mean, no such chronology of these films exists as far as the in-universe goes, but I'm going to assume this movie takes place after Superman 3. It has so to. Ha- so everybody on the world has to know Superman is a, is a thing.
3: I mean, there's a poster of him. There is. Come on. I mean, everyone has to know
1: and and How, she was where did Lucy get that one shot from the first that one sheet from the first movie uh, i think that was a promotional shot from the first movie i mean
3: yeah I, it's it was just uh it was incredible i mean I, I guess she she came out from from the water in 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 she, in she with the great lakes i guess because uh definitely was i think that was chicago yeah
1: they kept saying this was in illinois yeah so
3: uh, you know, and what was Argo City doing in the middle in the water at the end of the movie when she flies through the Yeah,
2: that didn't make any sense.
3: No sense. It's like they just they well, they, it would have been just as easy and, to and why didn't she go back into the ship, into the little egg thing that she was in? I d I didn't think about that. Great, something else for me to be <laughs> it's like I guess how about the how about the music score? Did any of you guys pay attention
1: to that? I mean the was- golfness theme for Supergirl was good. Yeah. the theme this is this is this so what the same guy. This movie did cost thirty five million dollars to make. The credit sequence cost one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> there were touches of of Superman in, but uh, I can't think of the. Uh, of well, the, you heard the, the, the
1: Williams theme a little bit when she looked at the poster. Yeah, yeah. And, but This was the dude that did Star Trek. And at, at the end, during the final battle, the music was getting me into it. Yeah, I had I mean, no. I'm trouble. not going to say I wasn't into the final battle. I mean, I mean it's dumb. I mean, who drops a mountain in the middle of town? Oh.
2: <laughs> Very, yeah. very Silver Age. There's no reason for there's no reason for it to be there. And there's no they army. They can do the effect. No yeah.
1: army, no president. This movie indicates that they've been there for days. Yeah, and and, and any movie that
3: has people hanging from a cage, it, you're, it's it's just going to be bad. I mean, you put somebody in a cage, hanging from the ceiling, you, you know. And, and 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 Supergirl is is crawling on these these tiles that are erupting with lava or something. <laughs> you she know, can fucking fly? I mean. She she doesn't have to be crawling. She can just fly above, the, and she did later on. She she it, oh god, I, I I don't know what. I thought it was neat that they tried to uh they tried to get Dolly Parton to be Selena, and she turned it down. Yeah. Uh, she, she was big during during this time too. This might have been it's always nine. been yeah <laughs> yeah. it <well>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might have been around nine to five.
1: <laughs> Could you yeah. could you picture Dolly Parton showing the scenery like that though?
3: No, she'd have little cowboy boots and, and <laughs> got it, uh, blouse on. But yeah,
1: yeah, it
3: was it was just I, I have to I have to give them credit for trying to make a Superman movie. But was it was it just that, that no one knew how to write a goddamn movie? Other than
2: I'm, I mean, David odell has got to be nine guys in a room. I swear. It pro- he probably probably had different ideas. There were
1: probably millions of versions. The thing is, guys, we've all read at least some Silver Age comics. Yeah, and uh, and the same could be said of Marvel. We have probably middle-aged men writing write, writing women. Didn't know nothing. I mean, it's like we have to
3: include I mean, some of the. You guys, have, have, I mean, most of,
1: most of you guys have read at least some early Spider-Man comics. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Women, everything girls everything do right. not act act that way. At least most of them. No. And no.
3: Well, that's the big difference between DC. And Marvel at the same time period.
1: Well, they know is no I, better at writing women either.
3: Yeah, they, yeah, I,
1: actually works You know, all Lois Lane's so, uh, one ambition was to get Superman to marry her. Something that's still kind of a little bit less of that now. But by 1984,
2: but the <laughs> that would be hilarious to have um, what's it, Gardner Fox and Michael Fleischer sitting down in a room and be like, so explain to me the personality differences between Black Canary and Wonder Woman. I mean, when you're writing those characters. <laughs> Like, how do you distinguish between the two?
1: They don't. don't. (laughs) But, I mean, like I said, I haven't read a ton of... But there's really not a lot to draw on with regards to Supergirl. Not, not like Superman. I mean, so I don't know what they're drawing on. I mean, a lot of whatever super villains Supergirl had were one and done. Her
2: thing them. was that she had to remain a secret. She was Superman's secret weapon. Right, and this movie if kind of could... kind of drew on
1: that in, yeah. in the sense that she didn't for some reason didn't want anyone to know she was there. And for that reason, I mean, yes, they plan to make more of these movies, but since it tanked, they decided no. So it kind of works as a one and done.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to work as a one and done
1: because, because you could just say she went, she flew back to Argo City and never came back, was never heard from again. I guess if there was a sequel, maybe it's a from the point of view of Jimmy also going to Clark Kent and saying mentioning this cousin Linda that Clark has never heard of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's quite <laughs> an imagination you have, Jimmy. Yeah, it, it was just, just uh,
3: uh and it, I think it was it was too long too. I, I, I don't know how much, maybe it's just me, I, I don't know what it ran, but
2: I was. Uh,
1: that, there are so many different versions of this movie, I don't even know what, what you watched.
2: Whatever was on uh, the DC app, okay, that's I saw.
1: That is the two, that's the version I watched, and there was some stuff in, like, I've seen this before, there was some stuff here that I'd never seen before. Like, there was that scene where, uh... Because what happened was, when TriStar got a hold of it, TriStar released it theatrically, they cut it down from 125 minutes to about 105. So, and I believe that was probably the version that wound up on, uh, hbo
3: well i know that uh, did you 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 did have the uh the flying ballerina scene coming out of the water right where the yes because
1: i don't know if it was as long uh i
3: i rented it i was at 2.99 i'll never get back but but (laughs) you know (laughs) i i I was gonna watch it on on a flight coming home uh but I, i it wouldn't pull up because i even though i get internet it still wouldn't it doesn't let you stream movies i and you have to have a connection to watch it so i said oh shit i'm going to watch it when i when i get home uh which i probably would have fallen asleep if i had watched it on the on the airplane
1: oh did you guys uh notice the comic uh i was going to ask Lo- you Lo- what comic was that, that you have to, the incredible hulk that huh. That is
3: why you will never amount to anything because the fact that you, knew that you couldn't was get the, her a DC comic. I thought I was. It looked like a Marvel. I was like, well, why would they give her that? That was a, that would be a mistake that they would never make nowadays. For God's sake, no. Reading a Hulk comic. I it uh, where where does she? I would thought it might be kind of fun to look at some of the other uh, actresses that have played theatrical or tell you know uh, versions of. Supergirl. Um now Helen Slater was the first. There were no other theatrical versions of the
1: supergirl. Well, I mean I mean TV, TV, uh. Okay, and Kara Kara Yeah. It's I I, I like no, I like No, not
3: Kara. La- Laura Laura. Laura, Laura, Laura Vandevoort. She was in Smallville, season seven and ten. Uh but in season three, I guess there was
1: uh There was Adrian, there was a girl named Adrian, Cara, but she Adrian. uh it was a manifestation she of jor was possessed by jor or something or yeah. an- or another. Well, she was the chick that went that's on the Orville now. Um, oh yeah, Adrian,
3: Adrian Pullici, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then there was a. What about this Supergirl TV show that I saw? Uh, Melina Weissman, Supergirl, uh, 2015.
1: I don't. I don't know what that is. Uh,
3: and then of course the the last one is uh is Melissa uh Benoist I guess Benesth who is who plays Supergirl on uh TV now and and she's adorable I love yes, her Yes she is I I I, I, li- I like Helen Slater and I always had a thing for uh Laura Vander, Vander Voot uh from Smallville but I I to me I think that, that well I guess you know we only got
2: one movie with Helen Slater we didn't get to see her evolve but to me
1: uh, Yeah it's it's Melissa Benoist
2: Girl, And she's like 11 years older than Helen Slater was when she played her in the movie and looks oh, younger than she does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, one thing uh, – yeah, they, they keep saying that Kara's uh, a teenager, which makes the whole thing with Ethan kind of creepy.
2: <laughs> totally. And it, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't because – Marine TV doesn't feel like she's a teenager it, at
1: all. It doesn't. No,
2: you're, you're, you're right. Uh, and is Mark McClure supposed to be a teenager also? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know because that depends on how you interpret that one line in Superman 3 where he says most of the, most of the people he knew from high school are still in high school. Does that mean Jimmy is roughly 18 at that time or are Jimmy's friends are do, all doing like the uh, up to 21 plan?
3: <laughs> I just feel like a perv now. God.
1: <laughs> all right. So, Dario, you said it was too
3: long? The movie I, – I, I I thought that the movie was was a little bit too
1: long. Okay, but here's here's some – all right, so here we go. The movie was originally completed by Warner Brother, and the version that's on the DC app is that version of the movie at, huh. at 126 minutes. When Tristar picked it up to release theatrically... They cut it to 105. That's the version everybody's seen for a long time.
3: Okay, I wonder which one I. I wonder which one I am.
1: Um, but wa- I heard there's a. I'm willing to. Uh, there's a
3: 138
1: minute version as well, though. That's the international cut, which I have never seen. Oh, okay,
3: I'm gonna go out and get that director's cut, man. I want to see. It. <laughs> oh, you
1: you want to see 12 more minutes of this.
3: Yeah, I, I want to see if there's any more of that dragon warlock muppet that
1: was. Uh, what, what the fuck was that all about? And it was, <laughs> and it was just squeezing her and distorting everything until just built something to her. To uh, you know, all of a sudden he's the football coach from the sidelines. Oh, I mean, isn't, isn't magic?
3: Well, I guess it's not. Maybe that's a new Superman thing. One of the things Superman is is can can hurt Superman is magic. Uh, But maybe this wasn't really magic. Superman is not
1: vulnerable to magic in the way that he's vulnerable to kryptonite. The the difference is Superman's powers don't protect him from it.
2: That's why she couldn't fly on the uh, the cobblestone floor. Yeah, because it's magic. She
1: got caught in the tractor beam. In the magic tractor beam. Wizards, wizards. Okay, good.
2: Yeah, that's good, Patrick.
3: That makes me feel a little (laughs) bit better. Until she starts flying three minutes later, you know. (laughs) But. But yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I'm trying to. Other than other than the fact that hey, let's let's give a superheroine a movie. I can't think of any redeeming. Has uh, anybody uh,
2: taken their daughters to see this? I mean,
1: I don't know. Well, I I, I, I didn't have any daughters back then, so. Well, yeah. you, you're gonna you're gonna sit sit the kids down one day and say, hey,
3: look, let's uh let how do you, how do you. Go from this. I was to, kind of
1: wondering, you know, if I sat Haley in front of this, what she would think. Well, they, they I, uh, I, I like to think she wouldn't run away from home. No, well, <laughs> they actually, yeah, she could hear wonderful things
3: like Dingleberry because that she Lucy calls someone a Dingleberry, and I think she called someone retarded too in did. that. Yeah, you
1: can't do that in a movie. I think, yeah, honestly, I think Haley would watch it for a little bit and then she'd get bored and walk away.
3: Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you go from Captain Marvel to something like to something like this you can't go back sometimes, no.
1: but it did have. I mean, it did it's, have, it's, I mean, well, Captain Marvel's not her favorite superhero movie. Well, no, her, uh,
3: favorite.
1: What, what is, her favorite is Shazam. Oh, Shazam! Nice. Is,
3: nice. I, I watched that the other day. I'm I'm waiting to, to show the kid Shazam. Uh, I haven't got a chance, so I think he's really gonna like
1: that. That was like the, one of the first superhero movies that I bought, and she, she, as soon as she saw it, I mean, she likes a lot of the ones we go see, but when she saw that that one come out of the Amazon box envelope she yeah <laughs> asked, when are we watching this i want to watch that's now. cool mm-hmm. that's cool so it took a couple weeks to find the time to watch it but you know she nagged me until we watched it so my that's kid's only favorite... one she's ever done that with.
3: my kid's favorite right now is is um we like he likes the spider Man and he loves into the spider-verse
1: oh, oh my nice. god
3: he can't he can watch that that cartoon a hundred times and i can too i i really like that as well
1: i'm not sure Haley's ready for, for something like no that. No, she's she's probably
3: not. My, I'm just starting well,
1: to. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about the concept of the Spider Verse. That might be something that's a little too much for
3: her. mind. I'm not sure my kid gets it, but but he I'm not just sure li- I get it. He just like Spider Ham. Yeah. Peter- <laughs> but yeah, it's a it, it's a it's a tough movie to watch. Uh, I'm I'm I guess uh, I mean I yeah. I'm, I'm, are we glad it's around? <laughs> um.
1: Uh. Hmm. I like that they tried.
3: Yeah, that, I think that that's what I come up, uh. Thinking is, hey, you know what? I'm no fan of I the Salt the Salt but it, but at least they, like you had mentioned, Mike, this was the last
1: squeeze of the orange. Oh, this was the first squeeze of the orange. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last squeeze of the orange was a, was the Superboy TV show.
3: Oh, they okay, yeah, you're right. They, they, did, they which got better as it went along. It did it a it, lot better it, as it went along. It, it, I I've heard it, it, good things about that show. I've, oh,
1: watch seasons never three watched, and four.
3: Yeah, I've never watched it, but. uh, I'll I'll have to do it. So
1: well, pretty well. I have. I'm going to finally have to force myself through season one
3: (laughs) soon. It's it's so funny how we all have had our Superman. I mean, my my grandfather had the radio show. My dad had the old TV show. I had you know Christopher Reeves Superman, and my kid hasn't watched any of the new superman movies yet so I'm. Um, i when he if he's going to be interested in them. you know i'll i'll uh i'll i'll pop those on for him to right. see what he thinks but but it's a it's a generational thing you know and and this movie just kind of falls in between the cracks and it's there if people want to watch it I, mean, if.
1: I have made i've learned to make the, disti- the distinction and maybe i'm just self-aware enough to realize that because i like a movie doesn't mean it's good. Right. And by, and conversely, because I don't like a movie that doesn't mean it's bad. Right. Yeah. So because, I really, I mean, this is a bad movie. Yep. Yeah. And, and I
3: really wanted to come back and say, you know what? It wasn't as bad as people. I had mentioned earlier that the way I came back from, we, we agreed that Superman three, we, I think all of us agreed that it wasn't as bad as, as I had thought that it had been made out to be. And that's what I expected to feel from this movie. I thought, really did, I'm going to say, well, it couldn't be as bad as everyone says. The thing is,
1: you know, it's bad. I didn't hate watching it.
3: No, I didn't hate watching it. I just wanted it to be over. I mean, I really liked Helen Slater.
1: Yeah, if if there are redeeming qualities in this movie, it is definitely Helen Slater. I didn't like that they turned zor into an idiot. Yeah. You know, basically saying, Zoltar's find our daughter, you know. Yeah, and that's pretty much I mean, all. Jarrell is Jarrell's brother. Yeah. Granted, he's the lesser brother, but he is still he's still supposed second, to be a a very intelligent. The House scientist. of L. I mean, yeah. And Patrick, I, Patrick,
3: what's your saving grace on this? Is there any
2: thing that you can? Come- I like yeah, I like I like Helen Slater. Um, and again, the the concept of her being at a at a girls school where like the teacher is a is secret the math teacher is secretly a wizard had the germ of a good idea in it was just there were two there were too many bad bad ones sucking up the good ones. right
1: you had admit me- you had they mentioned had a that lot this- of good concepts then, right. then they dropped a mountain yeah. in the middle of town yep you had
3: mentioned this would have been a great TV
1: show yeah it yeah. would have been a
3: really
2: good <laughs> I think TV, TV you right. with the same cast
3: yeah you're you're right I think that it would have if you would have dropped uh our new supergirl into a situation like this it would have worked
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, I think it, if you well, cut out the uh, oh god, the love potion yeah. stuff, because that's the love potion stuff was really the only time I looked away. <laughs> it's like, ugh, you know.
3: Yeah, I of Newt or whatever the hell she was she was putting in there. I, I, she was really over the top, but but she was into her role, man. She was then and, and you know did, did did you notice the supergirl turned like into a miniature little uh pixie when she did the whirlwind she was flying around her she like shrunk <laughs> she, she turned into Tinkerbell and just was I don't know what the hell that was all about
1: but bad special effects yeah, yeah bad you special effects but eventually was, the low budgetness caught up i mean there's germs of good ideas in this movie like I liked the Phantom Zone stuff. You know, the the escape from the Phantom Zone wasn't bad. I mean, it's unclear how Selena even learned about the Phantom Zone to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. It's mostly there. But, uh,. Probably you know maybe she just absorbed the little ball-y thing and uh it ha but um, then it you know you get you get that good and then you have five minutes of of Peter O'Toole saying, have a squirt yeah, you know, a squirt you know it's like
2: <laughs> I, you- but I mean at least it shows you what happens if you're stuck in the phantom zone for a while you go kind of nuts
1: you just drink
2: and that's true you do go crazy.
1: And and drink and I whatever. I thought he did a good job of showing that that the Phantom Zone had driven mad.
3: Yeah, because over the ridge, he said that there's you know every criminal and and uh, imaginable that lives in the next hole right. or whatever. You know, I, I think that if I had to take something away, I did like I did like the Phantom Zone. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of uh, well, didn't Smallville have a similar type of desolate Phantom Zone that? that Clark was stuck in for a little
1: while,
3: a horrible like wasteland of a desert. It wasn't green slime, but, but that, you know, that, that, that's kind of what I picture it would be. I, I, I I always had a hard time thinking the Phantom Zone was just a piece of glass. It was floating through outer space, you know, flipping around. It's much easier to, to picture it as, as, you know, some other dimension, which Argo city is also apparently in another dimension, but, but I, I it, yeah, you know, if I had to take something away from it, I, I think what I liked best about this movie was the prep girl, you know, angle yeah. and the Phantom Zone, and that's just about it. The, the The villains were 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 campy, and the storyline was just thrown together to, to just try and see what type of special effects we can use, and 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 I didn't have. The trouble with the special effects, I, some of them were kind of cheesy. The miniatures shrinking and and spinning around, the witch and,
1: was bad, and the stretching uh, thing, whatever was happening to her at the uh, with the big Muppet at the end there.
3: Yeah, that was that was bad. But, but that's about it for me. I can't I can't think of any other redeeming qualities to it. It's just Helen Slater and uh, and those other points. Uh, uh, Patrick, did we, did,
2: did, did you, uh, would you agree that those were probably the best or is there some hidden gem that I missed? Oh, not even. No, I I mean, there's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing too special about this movie. I just don't, I, all I ever heard was, was bad and I mean it's it's mediocre for sure. I mean it's not the worst thing. In my in my head, I'm sure that Halle Berry's Catwoman, which I've never seen, is probably worse than this. But
1: Oh, I'm well, I have I have never seen that. that and I never plan to. But yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is.
2: I, I don't
3: know. I don't know if it could possibly be worse than it. But I'm I'm hoping that, that soon we're gonna do Superman for the quest for peace yes. and, and are we going to come off of that movie saying you know it wasn't as bad as uh, as, as as i thought or or is this this one is probably going to have to take the cake i think i don't i don't remember much about quest for peace i know i saw it at the movie theater but but uh i'm hoping that we get around to doing that sometime soon
1: it's, it's on the schedule
3: Okay, it's definitely the cool. schedule because I'm gonna have a hard time getting this one. Yeah, so, you know, I got I got a little notification today on my uh, on my um iPad it said, "Hey, you're uh you're with." Two day rental of Supergirl is about to expire. I'm like, oh, go! go
1: <laughs> expire.
3: Damn. Yeah, it's like you know, if you want to watch it, you're gonna to have to watch it again in the next two hours, or it's gonna it's gonna expire. Just fine. Go, 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 go. Don't want any <laughs> trace put on there.
1: Nope. And apparently, just in time for me for me to watch it, it showed up again on the on the DC app. I don't know what the hell.
3: Yeah, I saw it.
1: Like all of a sudden, yeah. it was, I'm just happy I didn't have to spend any extra money to watch them. Yeah, it's, it, it costs about as much.
3: It costs as much as a large cup of Starbucks coffee. Right. Uh, not not mm-hmm. Starbucks. have Dunkin' Donuts actually. It was more of a Dunkin' Donuts price that I paid to watch And That's how I. That's how I try and and measure anything that I a movie that I rent. Which I try not to do, but if it if it costs me more than a cup of large Dunkin' Donuts coffee, then I'm pissed. But this was about the same. This is what I would basically have in my pocket as pocket change. So it's all right. right. You know, I, I've got it. I watched it. Got to talk about it. And now
1: yeah. I can. Then now um, we can. Now you can move on from it. We yes. Can, we can definitely and then you can. Uh, then we can determine whether or not this is uh, better or worse than the Quest for Peace.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
1: At least the yep. Quest for Peace. is Christopher Reeve. Yep.
3: Yeah. And, and I won't feel like a dirty perv now that you told me that she was, like, what, 16 or something.
1: Or well, they, <laughs> they really never made it clear. Maybe she was 18. I don't know how old they were, but... The actress was 21. Yeah.
2: Oh, I feel better now. I don't need to take a shot.
1: Yeah, Helen Slater wasn't uh, wasn't a teenager, but they kept saying Scott Carroll was. Yeah, he... All right. Have we exhausted this one, gentlemen? Yeah, I, 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 I think
3: so. I think so. I think I'm going to... Do the uh, proverbial stare at the flower, let it bloom, and and, uh, <laughs>
1: and and I'm and get shot in the back of the head. That's what happened in the Walking and, Dead. Yeah, and
3: I'm and I'm done.
1: <laughs> get shot to the back of the head. Yeah. Look at the, look uh, at the flowers, Dario. Uh,
3: look at the pretty flowers and just try and, and forget this one until until we meet again and, and hit Superman uh, Quest for Peace, Superman Four. Which
1: did which did better at the box office than this movie did.
3: Did it? Yes. Well, I not by, by mu- that, not
1: by much. Did,
3: Really? Okay.
1: But well, it, it did top it. It did beat the. Hey, one. look! It's still raking in money from people
3: like me who had to pay two ninety nine to watch it. So yeah, I can't say that it's still not making money. They they
1: made two ninety nine off of it. Yep, and uh, yep. Helen, Helen's Helen Slater got a few uh, cents off your rental.
2: Ellen Slater got to go buy a large cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Thanks well, to I'm
1: me. I'm not sure she got the whole $2.99.
2: <laughs> yeah, she probably got it, gets you know checks for a nickel every week or so. Yeah, but she could take as many sugar packs as she wanted home. <laughs> Smart.
1: All right, so let's wrap this up here. All right, uh, Patrick, where can the good listeners find you if we have if we have any left after this episode?
2: Yeah, I'm here on uh, Two True Freaks on uh, Weekly Heroics. we we just finished. Uh, Legion recorded our last episode on that and uh, Preacher is coming to an end so I've been doing commentary on that Um, then there's also uh, my podcast which is Next Generation's First Generation which you can find out there in the ether iTunes, um, Stitcher Whatnot, uh, where we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation on the 30th anniversary of each episode. Um, we'll, we'll be hitting uh, Season 3 very soon. Most of that we have already recorded, so lots of good stuff coming there. And uh, yeah, that is pretty much covers all my
1: bases. And uh, Daria.
3: And uh, you can hear me as the other half of Beat It and Beat It. Just listen in and we'll give you a good squirt. <laughs> I,
1: know,
0: I know you'll like it. <laughs>
3: If you if you listen to it now, you can hear our summer barbecue edition, which uh, we happen to have you there, Mike, which was great yeah. to have you there, and then and yeah, yeah, you, you hung on all day with us, so that was great to have. Well, you. So I, I you, had
1: no one dragging me home. Yeah, <laughs> and your daughter
3: was charming that you brought last year. Yeah. She charmed the heck out of everybody, but but yeah, you can hear me on Eat It and Beat It with uh, my friend Chris Honeywell and and. Uh, on any other podcaster for hire rogue shows that I may be around to do. And hopefully, uh, when we hit Superman four,
1: and just as a disclaimer, I have nothing on either of these two guys. They joined this episode willingly of their own free will, just in case anybody's wondering out there.
3: <laughs> How can we not? I mean, we're, 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 stuck. You're stuck with me, man. You're stuck with yeah, me. Ditto. You know.
1: <laughs> well, I do so, remember a Facebook message saying, I'm going to get you for this, Mike. So well, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, I was
3: oh, kinda of like Khan, you know. I was like Kirk yelling your name. Oh.
1: You owe me two ninety nine. I'll take it I'll take it out of your uh, fee. <laughs> or I'll yeah. add it one of the two. <laughs> And uh, and now this is for right now. This is the only place you can find me, unless I guess somewhere else. Uh, Fear of the Walking yeah. Dead cast is defunct these days, and I don't have time for another podcast. This one takes up enough yeah. enough of my time.
2: <laughs> we'll get you on Next Generation's First Generation eventually. Yeah,
1: when the schedule I, one of these days the scheduling will work out. All right, and you can uh, find uh, you can. Email me. Feedback is always welcome. Manascreen at gmail.com. If you want to join the conversation over at the Facebook group, just put Manascreen Podcast into your search feed and the show should come up. You can also find the show on Twitter at Manascreencast. Till next time, folks, G-Dorm says no to Selena. Man of Screen podcast is produced by Mike Zemo and all opinions expressed on the show are those of Mike Zemo and his guests and no one else. All music and sound clips used on the show are for review purposes only and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and sound clips are copyrighted. They're original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network and can be found at www.2truefreaks.com. Emails to this show can be sent to manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show or review on iTunes. That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man of Screen Podcast.